All right, and welcome to the RF Generation Collector Cast. Uh, I am your humble and evidently somewhat miss host, uh, Duke Togo, and, and joining me, as usual, all the way from the, the snowy north is uh, is Krabby. Hey, Krabby. Hey. <laughs> you know, it's, it feels like we hasn't been that long since we've done one of these, but uh, obviously has been, right? Yeah, well, we still chat on occasion, but yeah, it's been forever since we've actually recorded anything. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes people wonder, like, on the back end, if something horrible has happened to one of us, or if we've fallen out or something, but no, we we chat probably almost every day online, right? Yeah, we have a Slack chat. Um, yeah, it's weird when we don't chat during a day at some point. I know, except you've been taking like 600 vacations here lately. I got two more, three more this two, year. Two, three! More, three. Yeah, I got one, one this weekend, one next weekend, and then one in September. So how many vacations does that make for the year? Um, I don't know, like five, six, maybe. Ask me how many vacations I've taken this year. Well, one huge one. Zero, Zero would be the answer. Do you want a big Christmas getaway? I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but... <laughs> all, all of mine, it sounds like a lot. All of mine are not glamorous, and they're really short, and they're all like within province or, or the province next door. They're not like big, massive overseas trips or anything. Yeah, but you, uh, the size of your province is like half the size of our country. It, I have literally been to all the different places in my province now as of this year. I've never been to Vancouver Island until just recently, so that was a new one for me. And last year we went to Prince Rupert, so I've, I've done like every end, and I've lived in the middle, and we've got family and friends in different areas, so I've kind of explored the whole province, like exhausted it now. There you go. Now, what's north of you? Is that is that the Yukon or is yeah. that uh, Northwest Territories? Uh, Yukon's directly above us. Northwest is is over to the a little east from us. Okay. All right. So, have you ever been up like to the Yukon or anything? I've been really close, but I haven't crossed over the the provincial border there. I have been in Alaskan waters, though. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. How fancy is that? It, I, have you seen some polar bears? Uh, no, I haven't seen a polar bear. You'd have to go up far. I mean, you're not that far away, right? Well, apparently, because of all the warming up there, they're coming down to us, so <laughs> it might not be too much longer. You're going to have to watch out, like, you have to get some bear repellent for the kids or something. Oh, we, we carry that around when we go on hikes and stuff. Like, there's lots of uh, black bears and, and grizzly bears and stuff around. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, like, we, it- we just drove back uh, from Alberta uh, last weekend, and we saw, like, at least a dozen bears on the road. Wow, gee, man, any Christmas? Well, I know, like here in Indiana, like I, see, nobody's gonna care about this. I'm gonna stop, okay? I'm gonna stop talking about bears because we talk about games and nobody cares about this. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, you know, gosh, it's been—I don't know—it's been a couple of years, has it been? Yeah, at least it might be three or four now. Yeah, and I was trying to think, how long ago was it? When did we start this? Twelve, twenty twelve, something like that. <sighs> Maybe something like so, that. This sounds 11, right. 12. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe earlier than that. I don't know. I'm probably was thinking like 11 or 12 we started this thing. Yeah. Anyway, for people that don't know that we ever did a show, maybe we should start off by before we even get any farther and, and introduce reintroducing ourselves. Sounds good. A little bit. So do you want to, I'll let you go first. All right. So introduce ourselves or introduce the show. Well, let's introduce ourselves first for people that maybe are the our first time, and they sure. may then love to go back and listen to the back catalog. All right. So my name's Kelsey. I go by Crabmaster2000 on RF Generation, Nintendo Age, and a few other sites and forums. Uh, 
longtime game collector player, former store owner. Um, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about me relevant to this subject. Um, I met Duke on RF Generation and we got along, started chatting and decided to start a podcast about collecting video games back in the day. How many how many complete sets do you have now, Crabbo? I uh, two. Just uh, well, not I, I still call my NES set complete, but it's missing a stadium events now. I've I've since sold that, but I did have a complete set at one point. Because you you're sane, I totally get that. <laughs> um, we had a couple stadium events at one point. I had but... two at one point. Yes, um, not for <laughs> long, but for 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 a couple months. Um, and then I've got a complete uh, TurboGrafx sixteen North American set. Right, very close to Virtual Boy as well, right? Very close to Virtual Boy, very close on Dreamcast, and very close on Super Nintendo. Very good. So I think, you know, for new people, that gives us an idea why we have a show on collecting um, video games. Um, Myself, you know, uh, my name's Chris. I go by Duke Togo on uh, RF Generation, Nintendo Age, some other places on the internet as well. And uh, like Krabby mentioned, we've, you know, first got to chatting a little bit on RFGen. We uh, we first kind of do some chit chatting because we were just talking about games in general, and uh, then we did a couple like little playthrough things, which are still out there on YouTube. I think that people can yeah. watch if they want to um, through some old NES games, and uh, and then we just decided what the heck we would do a podcast. And since we're both collectors, then that was kind of what felt. And we, of course, we're gamers as well. I don't want to be silly about that. We oh, we yeah. play as much as we collect. Um, probably leaning more to the play side than the collecting side lately whereas i think it was probably vice versa when we first started chatting that's true and i think that gets to be a thing though as we get to a certain point where there's not as much to go after right so you can then reverse time and you don't have as much time with little kids to get out and run around and and, and the things that i want to buy cost more now too and are harder to find yes right and there's more people scooping them up ahead of me yeah, I'm really ready for that bubble to burst. I keep <laughs> waiting. All you people, just burst that bubble. I don't care if the prices go down. I oh. would rather have the cheap games. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> I don't care about the prices. I'm not interested. I, this is not my 401k. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we started the show originally, I think in, I don't know, I'm going to guess like 2012. I don't, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look. And we originally did... Um, over 50 episodes because we have a few that were odd numbered and we uh, left i think the last official episode was 47 so i think this will be episode 48 um so if you want to go back and listen you can definitely do that but um i think we're gonna kind of relaunch this thing and and who knows we may decide to retackle some things that we talked about in the past it's been a few years and obviously things have changed quite a bit in the gaming and collecting space right everyone else is doing reboots so we have to too (laughs) <laughs> that's right and reissues and everything else right yeah. that wasn't even a thing and now that's such a thing that i'm sure we can talk about at some point in time you know remember when you'd say like man i wish i could say we just keep making this game and then people were like yeah sure we'll just keep making this game yeah uh, um but that's a little bit about us uh our show the way we've been doing it the way we tend to do is um, we'll have some segments where we'll talk and do some q a from the listenership which we always have a lot of fun digging into those and i was amazed crabby that um I, when i threw this back out there after a couple of years people were really eager still to toss us questions and were excited to get a new episode so that 
really touched. I mean, I'll be honest, that touched me a lot that people cared enough to remember and, and be excited about it. I was pretty surprised too. I thought we might get one or two from just some close personal friends, but there, then there are a couple of those, but there, there's, yeah, a bunch of people I did not expect to hear from. It's awesome. Yeah. And you know, we had a pretty good listenership back in the day. So, I mean, that makes me feel good that people are still interested in listening to us and whether we're good, bad or otherwise, I, you know, I wouldn't say, uh, being who we are, we're some kind of magical expertise people that know everything, but we've been in the hobby for a long time. So, uh, and as you mentioned, you've even been on the retail side of things. So I'm sure that gives you a lot of different perspectives on it. I think actually when we left off before you still had the store. Yeah, I no longer do. Um, we have a question about that later. So maybe I'll just leave that for a few moments, but we will get into that. Okay. Very good. All right, well, um, why don't we go ahead and just dig into questions here? We've got quite a few that were sent us, and uh, I think it's going to take us a little bit to get through them. So um, are we limbered up and ready? Let's do it. All right, so these first off are coming from Twitter. So I will just tell people in the future, if you ever want to shout (laughs) out some questions or whatnot, you can look us up just at CollectorCast. We're also on Facebook. You can throw those things out there if you're not already following us for whatever reason. Um, but I'll always usually do a call for them. So, you know, there you go. Chris exclusively handles the Twitter. That's true. Krabby, you'll find, exists luckily only on the forums, if you can find him even there. So um, I check that every day. I'm always on there. Oh, or do you? Every day? Okay. Every day. I didn't know if the sled dogs read that often, so I didn't. They do. <laughs> I guess we to make the people have to know. I guess to make the joke, you're from the uh, northwest of Canada, yes. right? And, so. and not like Vancouver North, like way more north than that. Yeah, I still have one of these days. I want to get out there because I'd love to see it. It's pretty. Um, I'm sure it is. And, and You've been to Indiana a couple times, and it's not. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it. It's different. It's like um, when we drive in like uh, Manitoba here. That's kind of what Indiana reminds me of. Like Great Plains kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, right? just a lot flatter and there's little communities everywhere. Whereas where I'm at, you got to drive for like two hours to get to the next settlement. Yeah, and see, to me, that's that's nuts. But anyway, back to our questions. So, first off, is our good friend, um, formerly Sega Tomcast, but uh, our good friend Tom, who now on Twitter you can follow him, at the Pocky X, and he actually has a show of his own. Uh, it's the Pocky and Flocky, I will say, bleep show. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a word in there that starts with an S and ends with a T, and I'll let you figure that part out. But um, he's got a few questions for us, and as always, Tom, I like it because he always comes up with the most entertaining questions. So the first one he's got for us here is, I've started watching people do Let's Plays of games that are on my backlog on YouTube and Twitch. It's really a statement. It's not really much of a question, (laughs) but uh, I did think that was something good for us to talk about because um, time, right? As in, like, watching a game versus playing a game? Yeah, I mean, I do that sometimes too, or or sometimes to me it's like I'll just want to watch someone play it to find out if I'm that interested in doing it, you know what I mean? Gotcha. 
I don't watch games that I haven't played because I don't want to spoil them. So I, I only watch games that I already know how they play out. So do you watch much Twitch or YouTube or how do you do you do much of that at all or just whenever you have something specific you're looking for? Usually specific. Like recently you and I were both playing Hollow Knight and chatting about it. Yep. And then so after I played it, I wanted to see what like a real pro expert Hollow Knight player was. Oh, and, yeah. and yes. Not me. And so my like 40 hour save file, I saw someone like blaze through in 40 minutes. It humbles you a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, those, <laughs> those kind of things I like watching, but I'll never like before playing Hollow Knight, I wouldn't go watch somebody play it and, and see if I'm into it. I just kind of take the chance and listen to the feedback, maybe read a review, but. I don't even read the reviews often until after I've read the game or played the game. Yeah, I see. I um, written reviews. I really just I don't care too much. There's a few select people I'm interested in reviews on, you know. Um, but I honestly don't look a little. I kind of I'm I've been doing this long enough. I'm pretty familiar with what I like and what I don't. Yeah, I feel I'm gonna guess you're the same. Yeah, you can usually put, like pick out development teams, publishers, like and you kind of genres, and you kind of know what you like. And there are those occasional surprises, like Hollow Knight. I really didn't know anything about it. And it happened to be on the Game Pass thing, and I installed it, and I went, wow, this is pretty cool. And I'm glad I stumbled across it, but I don't know how I would have found it otherwise. I don't no clue. A new one for me, actually, that I've been reading a lot of reviews on ahead of playing the game is the new Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, yeah. Because I love Fire Emblem, but the last two games have come out in that series have really... Made me maybe think I don't love Fire Emblem anymore or the direction they're going in. Mm. Um, so I, I'm very interested in this next one. I wanted to know a lot about it before I decide to pay full price for it or wait and see if it drops a bit. Uh, but it's, I don't know, it sounds really, I still don't know which side I'm going to fall on in this one, but it, it sounds really promising so far. Well, it seems like the internet really, I've seen recently, kind of blew up about it, like uh, with interest. So whether that's good, bad, or otherwise, well, I don't know. The same thing happened with um, Awakening. That, yeah. Like that one kind of revitalized the series. I hate that one. It's one of my least favorites. Now, what is what's the change to it that you you drives you away from it? Um, well, the whole a lot of the appeal of the old ones was you had a limited amount of resources, a limited amount of XP, and you had to do your best with what you had. And they mm. have like mid missions between the main story ones and those games where you can actually grind up your characters and, and resources. And, and that just drove me nuts. Okay. All right. So you don't like that mix of don't, don't bring your, your grind from the RPG side into my tactical game. Basically. Yeah. That, that was my biggest issue. There's a few other issues with it too, that, that pushed me away. Like just them adding the like casual modes into it where uh, you don't have that, like inst- that permadeath. If you lose a character, you're not getting them back. They still have that hardcore mode in there, though, right? They do, but the last, the the Fates game, uh, after Awakening that I played, it, it really feels like the game's designed around losing characters. I, and then they just add the hard hardcore mode in to like appease us old people, but it doesn't feel like <laughs> the game's designed to play that way. Okay, so you feel like... Um really the right way to play is probably the intended method is the no permadeath way. That's what it felt like to me. Okay. All right. And I've never been a big fire emblem person. I like some other tactical games, but I don't know what it is about fire. Emblem that's never really hooked me, but it just hasn't. You should look into three houses. It seems uh, like uh, they're changing a lot of things. It doesn't seem like a standard fire emblem game. 
I don't know. I, I just uh, recently started playing um, Final Fantasy Tactics on PSP, so I'm I'm going to be busy for a while. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good chunk of a game. Yeah, I, hopefully I can get through it. But, I mean, I get what he's saying here. I will say, honestly, you know, I, I watch a lot of Twitch, uh, especially like in the evenings when I'm trying to wind down and get ready for bed. I'm, I'm not never been a big TV person, but I found this really scratches an itch where, you know, I can just chill out. I can watch somebody else play. Uh, I can wind down. You can chit-chat a little bit back and forth. And um, and sometimes it's things I'm interested in. Sometimes it's things where it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I probably wouldn't play this myself. But it's it's interesting to watch somebody else do it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like there's this uh, guy. I don't even remember his name now. But he, um, like, plays all these arcade games and it's not emulation like you he's you see him on the camera between things like i'm gonna swap this board out no oh. here's this board with this and i let's play and let's fire this one up a little bit and that sounds and awesome like, yeah yeah and the whole time you're like and he'll talk about and he's very technically savvy so he's like you know this board is was used for this and this and i mean he goes all the way through it and he, he plays them for a while and these games that you've i've never even heard of so yeah, I mean, you, you find some interesting little niche things. Or like our, our buddy Josh, who does the Shoot the Core cast for RF Generation, you know, he's been streaming his shooter stuff, and that's kind of nice to wind down with, too, because I was like, I know Josh, and I, I like the genre, and sometimes I'm playing along. Yeah. It's neat to see how somebody else approaches it. I popped in when he was playing uh, Adventures of Lolo 3 a little while ago. It was, it was fun to watch him kind of stress over a few puzzles. Yeah, and I and I watched uh, you and your son did like a little quick stream a little while back. Yeah, we tried it out a little bit. I don't think it's quite what he thought it was, so I, I don't know <laughs> how much more we'll be twitching, but um, it was fun. Yeah, it's something a little bit different. Um, but yeah, no, I I can totally understand the appeal of sometimes. Sometimes it's a game that looks interesting, but sometimes like I just don't want to do that work, and I also don't want to spend fifty hours in it. Maybe I can watch <laughs> someone else play it for three, and I'm good. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, well, next question. He comes up and says, I've reached the point where I'm considering dumping every game out of my collection that doesn't have sentimental or fun value to me. Like, do I really need the sealed copy of The Devil's... Th- I'll say third. That's not what he put on Wii U. Anyway. Um, and I think we've got, like, another question that kind of hints at this a little bit later. Uh, but I... I mean, I don't know. Do I think we've said this before if, to the people that listen. I mean, at least in my end, you know, if... If you don't want to hold on to things, I don't think it destroys your gamer cred if you don't want to collect. I think it's a different hobby, yeah. right? Yeah, different ways to do it. I've actually done a little bit, probably to a lesser extent of this um, in the last six months, where I've, I have I was at one point thinking I'd go for like a full N64 set, and then I just realized how much that system is not important to me. So I just yeah. kind of made a list of the, the games I really wanted, um, like, they're not all great games. Some of them are just interesting or obscure and just like collectible. But I, I had a friend who was going for a full set, so I had him come over and, and give him some boxes and manuals and carts he needed to help fill out some spots and, and put that money towards other stuff. Um, and I and I probably going to do it again in the next little while. Yeah, I get it. Um, you know, I I recently got a an EverDrive. For you know, turbo PC engine stuff because I realize I'm not wealthy enough or willing to invest in a lot of these games I want to play. I'd rather put those resources somewhere else and maybe in some other parts of the hobby. And I still want to enjoy them, but 
you know, that's just not the thing I want to put my time into. But I do enjoy other parts. You know, I've been trying, I've been picking up some more, you know, oddball Genesis stuff because I've been kind of getting into that a little bit. And um, I don't know. I don't think you necessarily have to say that game collecting and game playing are two hobbies that have to go hand in hand. No, not at all. Some some of the coolest forums that I, I follow on Nintendo Age now are some of the guys that are like expanding their collections to artwork and they look for like the canvas painted art that was used to create the box art for a lot of older games. Yeah, I've seen some of that. It's oh, pretty amazing they're stuff. Beautiful, yeah. They're way out of my league financially. I love oh, yeah. I love seeing like I just recently there was uh the Street Fighter Two Turbo um pa- wow. painting on there and it was just beautiful wow the one with the sagat that looks like he's like yeah crumpling sagat <laughs> and honda punching it yeah. out in the bathhouse yeah yeah absolutely yeah no i get that i mean there's that's the whole thing this is a really big hobby and when you take everything into gaming i mean you know a lot of people do it in a lot of different ways and very creative ways and you know, there's people that are artists that create art and um there's a lot of people that like to do like the Twitch stuff or there's people that like to go out and hunt for games. And I think all of that is good. And I don't think it's, if you decide that you don't want to collect games, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Give them to me. That's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like there's a lot of uh, negative stereotypes about gamers and, and entitlement and, and um, just how, how they speak to each other. I, yeah. And, and you see that online with, with more current releases and stuff. I, oh, I, yeah. I don't feel like people judge you as harshly for your collecting styles, other than you're weird if they don't know what why you collect kind of thing. But, but yeah, yeah. I, it's, yeah, and like some parts of gaming, there's a lot, like a lot of this gatekeeping that tends to happen, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's that's probably the word I was looking for there. I don't feel that as much with different collecting styles um, as you do in other parts of gaming. Yeah, I mean, you tell somebody like, uh, somebody says, oh, you know, I'm out collecting for the Odyssey too. You just look and go, cool, I don't want to do that, but that's, I get the I get the itch, no, right? You, I understand. You ask them to invite you over to play Wall Street. <laughs> or Casey Munchkin, I don't know, but maybe, but um, you know, I, I get it though. I gotta get the understanding that I like this thing. I want to have some of it in my life. Some people want to have more than others do. Yeah. Um, but now I I, I I I don't think you need a sealed copy of Devil's Third on the Wii U. <laughs> Again, you just mail that to me, Tom. See, and, I, uh, I actually ditched some of my Wii U collection, and I made sure to keep my sealed copy of Devil's Third. There you go. I really like the Wii I've, You know, I've, the Wii U has grown more on me over time. It's got some good stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I it, it didn't quite, I think, get its day in the sun, but... I, I got I it guess. the day it came out, and never once did I regret it or not have a game I was interested in playing on it. So I have no, no, I remember I no you complaints. were. I remember you were very early on Wii U. Yeah, we played a ton of Nintendo Land for the first little while. Like we, and that's still a game that my wife, who doesn't play games, will will sit down with us once in a while. Definitely, I know um, Maddie, my middle daughter, is really going through Breath of the Wild right now on Wii U. Nice. So. She's really enjoying that one. That's one of my son's favorites. Yeah, she's really dug into it. So I now I can't hardly peel her off, but <laughs> I don't I don't see that as a problem. I'm, you know, I'm not no. one of those parents. 
Okay, um, hmm, the next question. <laughs> a little different. I only know how to cook steaks rare, and every time I try to cook steaks for my friends who want them cooked longer, I always end up accidentally nuking them and ruining everything. I don't know how to fix this problem, but at least I have delicious rare steak for myself. I don't know. You know, I consider myself a pretty good steak cook. I don't know about you. I can cook them how I like them. I fret over cooking them for anybody else. Now, real. So how do you like your steaks? Medium rare. Medium rare, okay, really bleeding then. Huh? Uh, not as much as Pocky, but yeah, a little, little bit more cook. Okay, all right. And I just go straight medium. That's that's my thing. You know, I pink, but not bloody. You know what I'm saying? No, I like a little blood. You put the mashed potatoes in there and soak them up. It's good. There you go. Right. You know, but my kids done. They want well done. You know, they don't want to see any pink because they're kids and they don't understand and they eat their steaks with ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you look at them like, I'd, are you my children? But, um, you know, I, I can cook their steaks just fine without. So here's my recommendation. Here's how I do it. I don't know about you, Krabby, and you can chime in. But the way I cook steaks is, you know, you put it, you get the hot pan, maybe like a little, a little bit of olive, drizzle a little olive oil in there, let it heat up nice and hot. And I've got my steak. Keep your steak, you know, get it out before you're going to cook it, a hour or two. You want it to be close to kind of room temperature. That way also you get time for the salt and everything to kind of soak in. Toss it right in that hot pan. Sear it on both sides. So maybe like five minutes, five minutes on the really hot skillet. And then I take that hot skillet. I throw it in the oven, about 350 degrees, preheated, of course. And then I leave it in there depending on how much it's got to get done. So, you know, if you want it medium, it's about five minutes or so. And you want it well, it's closer to about 10 minutes or so. And then they always come out great. They're nice. And the sear keeps the juices in. You don't turn them into charcoal cinders. And um, and everybody seems to like it pretty well. How about you? Is that something you uh, you go down with that? No, I never use a pan. I always feel like they taste bad in a pan. So it's got to be barbecue. 400 degrees, four minutes on one side, three minutes on the other, time to eat. Okay. All right. You just take them straight off the, uh, you like the grill marks and everything. I do. And I don't really marinate mine either. They're usually just plain. Oh, really? You don't put anything on them? Yeah. My, it drives my wife nuts because she's got to like soak it and like put all the uh, spices and stuff on it. Now, see, I don't go for any kind of crazy marinade. I just, you know, some kosher salt and a little bit of you know, ground black pepper, not the cruddy kind. You know, yeah. it's stuff you grind yourself. Just like that and meat taste. Yeah, well, I get it. No, you know, I don't like a lot to hide it. But um, yeah, and I know my kids are ketchup. And I'm like, why? That's why. I just give you a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's the point of this? But anyway, but uh, I would say give that a shot, Tom. Maybe try my technique, um, you know, with the oven and the time. And I think you'll find you can do it. Make your friends happy, and and you would probably not even need to toss yours in the oven. You just sear it, and you're done, and, and toss theirs in there with the skillet, and they'll be happy. And cast iron pans, right? That's what you got to use, cast iron. Don't, don't use anything else. All right, that's enough for cooking talk <laughs> on the collector cast. Um, all right, uh, he, and then he says, uh, as a grown man without kids, uh, that sounds like a dream. I often think back to my childhood spent hitting friends with sticks and cracking open rocks for fun. You had an interesting childhood, Tom. And I can't imagine the kids these days would pick those options when Smash Brothers is here on Switch with everyone in it. Are my fears warranted or not? No, Tom is quite the um, Jigglypuff 
Smash Brothers enthusiast. Uh, I don't think anybody kids these days are really worried about rocks and sticks. What do you think? <laughs> uh, my son would not choose it over Smash Bros, but when we feel like he's had enough games and he needs to go get some exercise and, and go meet a friend, we'll send him outside, and he does those same kind of stupid things we did when we were kids. <laughs> he's hitting his friends with sticks and coming home with two pieces of rock to show me. <laughs> I've got girls, so they, they, you know, if they want to go outside, then it's usually like look at bugs, which I've trained them not to be afraid of bugs, um, or slide and swing is kind of the usual thing, which I'm sure is the same thing kids always yeah. have done. My daughter's actually uh, really into bugs lately, too. You know, I think it's a thing, right? And if you teach your kids not to be afraid of bugs... I try to, but my wife has a crippling fear of, like, butterflies and moths. No. So she's seen her... Butterflies? Yeah, oh, it's so funny. We've we've gone to, like, those butterfly, like, museums where they, you go into the room and they, like, fly all over and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, like, <laughs> just shivering, like, it's so funny. That is very strange. Yeah, well... I can understand, like, some bugs are nasty to look at, right? No, but... we'll just be walking by a bush and a nice monarch will fly by and she will run the other direction <laughs> as fast as she can. That makes no sense. Nope. <laughs> we don't understand it, and we bug her about it constantly. Literally bug her about it. Yeah. Oh, goodness. No, I think kids don't change, right? If you, if you, But would they choose it? No, they would not choose. They would choose to play a game, right? Yeah, no, it's the same way when I was a kid. I'd rather sit inside and play Ghostbusters 2, but um, when we got kicked outside, we'd throw crab apples at each other and hold a <laughs> garbage can lid as a shield in front of us to block it. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I think some things are universal, and time does not change. So uh, I don't know if you're, that means your fears are warranted or not, Tom. I don't know what to tell you there. Um, up next, our buddy Rich from uh, the, uh, Playcast. the Playcast. So he's at The Single Banana, if you want to follow him on Twitter. He's got two questions for us here. First off, um, did anyone... Uh, uh, this doesn't make any sense. I'm going to try to read it. Did any of every play... <laughs> Or get hooked on the Sims series back in, in the day. So I'm going to say, maybe, did anyone ever play or get hooked on the Sims series back in the day? Um, you play Sims games, Krabby? No, I played, like, uh, like the actual Sims, like with the people? Or, like, SimCity, um, or Sim Ant or Sim, whatever. SimCity, we dabbled in a little bit because we could get away playing that at school sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but The Sims games, once they had people in them, they were of no interest to me at all. I, I tried maybe half an hour of one of them, and that never clicked. Like stupid humans. Why do I need to bother? Exactly. I just want a giant tornado to destroy my city. <laughs> yeah, I would say the same thing. I, I played SimCity, not the Super Nintendo. I mean, I, I have played the Super Nintendo version, but um, yeah, I played them on PC usually around school Yeah, um, back in the day, or Apple or whatever we had, you know. Um, and that was it. You usually build it just enough to kind of get it going, and then you always just wanted the monster to come by or whatever, right? Totally. Because not like you cared about these people in this <laughs> fake city. You just wanted death and destruction. Yeah, and because it was like at the school computer, not your home one, you knew some other jerk, if he found it, was going to do the same thing. So oh, might yeah. as well get ahead of him. Or you do some fun things like save up and buy a nuclear power plant and then make sure it would blow itself up, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I don't know. I don't know, Rich, if you were some big Sims guy. Um, you know, a little just not recently, they had Sims 4 for free online. So Maddie, my daughter, was playing that for a little while. She seems to like it um, okay. But I, I do, I kind of feel like it's like a, like a, I don't want to say this 
like it's a doll game. Like you're playing with dolls is what it reminds me of. It's like a precursor to some of the stuff that's really popular now, like Minecraft, where like you don't have a set goal and you can just kind of do what you want. And that's, that's never really appealed to me. Yeah, I don't get Minecraft either, but again, I mean, my girls, they'll play Minecraft and my they like it. My son has so. like forsaken almost every other game in the last two or three months to go back to Minecraft. Really? Yeah. I don't get the appeal because they'll be like, Dad, please play Minecraft with me. And I'm like there for like five minutes. I am bored to tears. I know, right? I'm happy to play thousands of other games with them, but that one just does not make sense to me. I know. I'm like, can we go please play this other game where we kill stuff? Because <laughs> they just want to play the creative mode. Yep. They don't even want to like do the real one where you have to fight or anything. <laughs> the real one. Yeah, I don't get it, but you know. Um, up next, Rich asks, how many kids does Bill have now since the last recording? <laughs> As a good Catholic, he's working towards the double digits, right? He's, uh, yeah, no, he's, um, I think, are we allowed to say? I, I don't if know not, if he wants us to talk about his family or not, but, but Bill's, probably, Bill's doing good. He's, he's got a healthy not, yeah. family. We still yeah, chat I with think him, it probably, too. It probably gives us a good opportunity just to mention Bill, uh, I think, you know. But yes, Bill has kids and is doing a good job raising his family. Um, yeah, Bill's still a good friend. We chat with him pretty regularly. Um, he just today told us a funny story about making his son cry at the claw machine because he couldn't win the Yoshi doll. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, but you know, Bill's, he's busy in life. He's got, uh, a lot of family to take care of and, uh, destiny to play. So, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, up next, our good friend, Adam. So Bickman 2K, he says, what game in your backlog are you most excited to play yet keeps getting pushed back by something else? And then he has a follow-up question. Do you ever push a game back because you know you'll enjoy it and don't want it to be over too quickly? What do you think, Krabby? Uh, something that you keep pushing back on your backlog or something you want to savor? Yeah, actually. Um, I don't remember if I talked about it much before, but I've been trying to play through my whole NES collection and beat all these NES games. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want the last handful of games I played just to be like total <laughs> slogs and garbage. So I've actually saved some games for very, very late um, that I know I will enjoy or I anticipate I will enjoy. So I've beaten, I'm closing in pretty close to 500 NES games beaten now. And I still haven't beaten or played like Metal Gear, Snake's Revenge. Uh, I've still got some Dragon Warriors to play. Um, Zelda 2 I've never played. Ice Climbers I've never played. So I'm kind of holding some games like that back so that I can uh, sprinkle them in as, as the the monotony of some of the other titles that are left um, starts uh, wearing in. Yeah, you don't want to end like on a John Elway's quarterback or something, right? It's kind of anticlimactic. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, then it's really more like, just thank goodness it's over. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of which, do you want to take a a minute and mention to everybody about uh, what's going on with our NES stuff on the site? Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, We're doing like a challenge on the RF Generation Forum where we're seeing if the community can beat every NES game in one full calendar year. So we started on January 1st, 2019. We are into August now, and we're, I think, off the top of my head, 430-some-odd games beaten to this point. So we've got a little over 200 left. And it seems doable because we've got five months left. But we are getting into the territory where there's a few RPGs and strategy games and real time-consuming sports games like that are still left. So... 
we could use some help if uh, if any of you out there want to jump on the forum and claim a game and and help us uh, knock it off before the end of the year. Yeah, and I guess we were remiss to mention it in case somebody's new to the show and they don't know. RFGeneration.com, RFGeneration.com is our home base. And uh, if you're not a member there, we've got a free tool to track your collection. We've got forums that are on there for, yes, for those of us that still use forums. <laughs> Um, you don't have to though. You can use the collection tool. Um, but if you want to participate in any of the playthrough stuff, there's a couple clubs. There's this one, you know, that Krabby just mentioned where everybody were trying to be all the NES games in a year. Um, there is a, a monthly playthrough club, um, the Playcast. Doing Danganronpa 2 this month, which is there you a go. very interesting title. And uh, there's the, the Schmuck Club. Which Josh and and uh, our buddy Addicted um, run that, and they're, they're blazing some lasers this month, which is fantastic. blazing lasers. Yeah, I gave that a run through on the first, so I popped it in, played it because it's the first day of the month, and I did pretty well. I got to the final boss rush. I almost made it through. That so last I, I racked boss up a good score. is pretty brutal in that game, but it, it oh. feels doable up to that point. Yeah, it really starts laying it on kind of a little thick towards the end. So yeah. I, I think I can get to a clear, but I put up a pretty good score, I think, for the first first shot. But uh, yeah, and, and Josh streams pretty regularly. Um, so I think on Twitch, he's Guru Game Boy, on, on uh, YouTube, Game Boy Guru. And so he's always streaming the monthly game there. So there's a lot of stuff going on at RFGeneration.com that you can get involved with if you want to. A lot of stuff, not just collecting. Although there's a lot of that too. And the, um, the collecting tool he mentioned, they have a great Android app that I, I love using as well. For free. It's all for free. For free, right? yes. And there's no ads or anything either. None of that garbage. No, we just we exist off of donations each year. We do a donation drive. Um, and, you know, everything's great. Everything's been going well. And we've been around for a very long time. Pretty, so. pretty active uh, front page blogs too with different articles about uh, gaming-related topics uh, every day couple days yeah yeah i would say and really well written stuff and well edited by by rich our single banana is our editor there so he does a good job of curating that and getting some really interesting stuff going and uh yeah i'd say you know check it out forums aren't dead and i would say honestly probably i know a lot of people when they think of internet forums they think of like oh no like horrible trolls and terrible nasty people but i will tell you i there is not a finer group of people never been an um, issue there as long as i can remember no and it's not tolerated um but we just if any of that stuff starts showing up we we let them know that's not very welcome there so <laughs> But anyway, yeah, if you're not already, come join us. But um, moving back to our questions. So yeah. thanks, Adam, for it, that one. Well, have, you, um, have you pushed anything back that you wanted to hold Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I don't tend to do that on purpose, uh, but it does happen from time to time. Um, I don't do it, I guess, uh, to savor it. If I'm savoring a game, I usually will just take my time playing it. But, yeah. I mean, of course, my backlog is too big and... Um, there's a lot of things I want to get to and you know, that's, that's the big issue. But I would say, no, if I'm like crazy excited about a game, I'll usually just go straight to it. So like, I guess to some degree I want to play Bloodstained, uh, but I don't have it yet. So that one, I'm very excited. I kickstarted it and I have a friend that I specifically want to play it with though. And we have not been able to link up. And and my copy was late shipping. There was an issue with my address. 
finally got it. So I still haven't played it and I'm waiting until this friend gets back from a camping trip and then I'm going on a camping trip and eventually I will get to play that game, but I am very excited to, and I am purposely pushing it back so I can play it with that friend. Okay. There he goes. Um, you know, uh, that one for me, I, you know, I didn't do the Kickstarter and I just came off of playing a hollow Knight, which is kind of the similar yeah. game. So I'm like, I, let me give myself a breather, play something else for a minute. And then I'll be really excited to go to it instead of just, okay, here, let me do this. Thing. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Some genres I can totally go back to back, but a, a Metroid style game. Yeah. I need a breather in between too. Yeah. Sometimes, especially hollow Knight, I thought was really good, but it had some really challenging bits to it. And to some degree, to the point where I'm like, this is just kind of challenging to be annoying. And so some of the uh, optional challenge stuff, I just kind of went like, nah, I'm not going to bother. Sure. And I don't like that. I, It's not... I guess the reason I don't like it is because... Um, I don't know how to put my finger on it. I, I guess I just don't like difficulty for difficulty's sake. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think... Because I, I can't remember what I got, like 104% or something in that game. I, th- I think that what came with the original game is probably all mostly solid stuff. I think a lot of those challenges you're not into were added as little DLC incentives later on. Yeah. And I get it for those people that are like super diehard enthusiasts, but um, I kind of, this part of it's like, Oh, I would kind of like to see a little more of this, but you know, I'm just, I, I don't have the drive and desire to do this like 600 times until I get it right. And I'm just not, not going to. Says you know? the dark souls, uh, like fanatic. See, and I look at those things quite a bit differently. I don't, I don't, Dark Souls, usually once you understand how to do something, executing it's not that bad. Like, I and think you it have might lots have taken of... me like 50 or 60 tries to beat Smaug and Ornstein in the first <laughs> game. And I will tell you too, and also another reason I like those series is because they give you a giant toolbox to work with and you can try a lot of different ways to get the same thing done. Whereas games like Hollow Knight, like, no, you just have to execute exactly what we want you to do perfectly. Well, they have a lot of charms in that game. You can mix and match multiple things that give you little boosts and advantages depending on what you're doing. But let's be honest, how many of them were actually worthwhile? I'd say, like... Not even half. Good. No, I'd say, like, 15 to 20 of them, though, were, were all viable. Okay, but there's, like, 40 of them. Yeah, I got I got them all. I, I messed around with most of them. Yeah, but I mean, it gets to be kind of the point where it's like, well, okay, like, half of these are worthless. But going back to Dark Souls, like I used two weapons the whole game. I didn't play with any other builds, or I didn't never got any magic or anything like that. Like I had, I oh, had that's that's yeah. your mistake. <laughs> I, that's how I feel about how you're describing Hollow Knight, though. Is there was yeah. there was stuff there to help you if you wanted it. Okay, well, we'll we'll agree to disagree. But <laughs> I I prefer to just like hammer the square peg in the round hole. I know you do. You're completely fine with banging your head against a wall as many times as it takes. It'll eventually make sense. Yeah. Well, and that's I think going. You know, kind of like Sekiro. I think you really liked that a lot. And to oh, me, I was like, loved it. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. And I got all the achievements. And I know you platinumed it and everything. And I, I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the game. Um, but I did kind of get some of that feeling like, because uh, again, there was not a lot of options. It was kind of like, just do this thing this one way, because that's the way we want you to do it. And I'm like, eh, I don't really, you know. The combat in that game is my favorite Souls 
by far. The lore, I, I like how some of the other games do it better, like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Um, but the the setting and everything, like it had a lot that I just loved about it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Combat's always really great in their games, and you know they get really high marks. And I enjoyed it for the most part. But um, yeah, I like having some a lot of options, and I guess that's that's the thing there. But yeah. Anyway, um, so half our audience is going to tune out because I've spent too much time talking about Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> um, at RFG Playcast, so this would be the other half of the Playcast. This would be Sean um, chiming in here. And he says, uh, I told him where he's going to probably be a, bit, a little bit disappointed here. <laughs> what concert tickets have you scored lately and what anime have you watched? Because they talk about this a lot on their show. So I would say if you like concert talk and anime talk. And video games, all three. A little video game somewhere <laughs> there. Go listen to those guys. Uh, but I will tell you, I just mentioned it earlier. I don't know. I haven't even taken a vacation or forever. I don't. I don't have seen a concert in years, uh, and I don't really watch anime except um, like I did recently. <laughs> except by... the tentacle stuff. No, God, no. Um, I did recently buy the Golgo Thirteen off Amazon the series. Oh, that's so pretty I cool. Watch those, but um, that's it for me. How about you? Yeah, I'm not like just because of where I live, we don't get a lot of interesting concerts for me. The the only ones that really come through are, are like a lot of country bands, which I'm not into. Uh, I did get fortunate recently, and two of my favorite bands uh, were touring together: uh, Judas Priest and Uriah Heep. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you, like if you don't know me personally, I have Judas Priest tattoos on my body, and my son's name is Uriah. Like it was a great tour for me. So they came to Prince George, which never happens. So I got to see them here. And then three days later, we were going down south to visit my brother. And I took him to the show there. So I got to see them twice in the same week. And it was fantastic. We got uh, – I sat with my wife at the one here. We, we were down on the floor, not front row, but pretty close. And then when I went with my brother, we were front and center. And every pick those guitar players threw, my brother caught every <laughs> freaking one of those. I don't know how he did it. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so he's he's not quite as big of a fan. He knew they'd mean a lot to me, so I have picks from all the guitar players from both bands, which was really awesome. That's pretty amazing. Now, have you seen them in concert before? Or was this first time? I or? have, yeah. No, I've seen them before. Um, I've seen them with the like the definitive lineup because uh, right now they, they've got two new guitar players replacing uh, one who got fired a little while ago and one who is just, he's got Parkinson's and he's gotten too sick to tour with them, but he's still part of the band. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, but the, the two guys filling in are fantastic as well. Uh, it was a great show. Um, there was a metal festival I was hoping to go to this next weekend, but we ended up having to do another trip to go visit my sister instead. So no more shows for me this year, maybe. All right. Well, that was short and sweet, but you asked the question and you got the answer. So uh, well, I have seen a couple of animes, so I watched that High School, oh. High School Girl on uh, Netflix a little while ago. What is High Score Girl? Uh, you might enjoy it, actually. Do you have Netflix? I do not. No. It is a anime about a like junior high kid who is just obsessed with video games. Specifically, uh, he plays a lot of Street Fighter to the point where he plays Guile. And when he has like a crisis in life, he has this like inner Guile that talks to him <laughs> and guides him <laughs> through different situations. Does he tell him just, just Sonic Boom? That's all you have to do is just so, sonic boom. Sometimes they are as cheesy as that, and sometimes it's like legit 
advice. Um, and then he starts getting obsessed with different arcade games and Turbo Graphics specifically. And he, he starts off as this real stereotype that it's kind of hard to watch for the first half of the, the season where he just starts getting annoying and you're like, he has no other interests and no one takes him seriously because that's all he wants to talk about. And he he's kind of a jerk to his, his classmates because that's the only thing he wants to discuss. And if they talk about anything else, he kind of treats them like they're idiots. And you see him develop this relationship with a girl who goes to a school who's like a straight A student. And she's like the only one who can consistently whoop his ass in Street Fighter. And every time he wins against her, he she, she never says anything or gloats. She just like walks away. And he, he's so happy with himself. And then he realizes like, oh, four of her five can, her buttons were busted. She was playing with one, <laughs> one button and she still did pretty good against me. Does she have an inner Chun-Li? No, she's a silent character the whole series. You don't really hear from her. Really? But he... And she is she is high score girl, I take it? Yeah. And so it's nothing like sexual or weird like some enemies can get. And it's just them developing this bond and over video games and eventually growing as people. And and he's not such an ass at the end of the series, which was kind of neat. But she is completely silent the whole time. Yeah, never says a word. That is not strange to you? Mm, no. It it fit the character and, and the story and like he does a lot of uh inner monologue to like fill in the the silence kind of things and he's always wondering what she's thinking and and kind of putting what he thinks in out there. Why doesn't does it explain why she doesn't talk? Uh I think it's mostly just uh as like a social anxiety is is kind oh. of what it's presented as. Okay. Yeah. Seems a little odd, but <laughs> okay. it it doesn't feel odd watching the show. All right, I'll take your word for it. Um, and then my kids, we we have a lot of Studio Ghibli movies that we really enjoy. Okay. Um, we've watched Ponyo like probably five times in the last two weeks, which is one, one of our favorites. I've never seen a Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, there's several that I would recommend. Ponyo, definitely among them. I think your girls might like them. It's like a very different take on the Little Mermaid story. Okay. Yeah. A lot, a lot more magic and whimsy and silliness, and it's so cute. And, and their movies never follow normal story structures, so they're just fun stories. You don't have to wait for, like, the third act climax, and, like, they're not – you can't really anticipate what's going to happen before it happens if you haven't seen them before. Oh, okay. So, all right. Yeah. Well. They're, all, they're all pretty unique. Okay. And there's a lot – a lot of their movies have strong female protagonists – um, which is hard to find in, in anime. Yeah, well, uh, I don't watch a lot of anime, so I'm not sure. I know a lot of it seems um, kind of the other way, kind of creepy Absolutely. towards women. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and these are never like that. Yeah, like the one you're mentioning where women don't get to talk. But <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's the best player. She's the best Street Fighter player. And probably the reason I like it so much is she's the best player and she plays Zangief. Okay, well, I mean, that's cool and everything, but why does he have to put words into her mouth, essentially? Why couldn't she just speak herself? He doesn't speak for her. He just uh, thinks... No, he imagines what, what she's saying. Yeah. She could just talk. She's, I think, too nervous to. Eh, well, you know. Yeah. I, I would not want to encourage my children to not talk. No. <laughs> Maybe watch it first and see if you think it's appropriate, but um, I thought well, it was we don't have we don't have Netflix, so I don't think that's a that's going to be a big concern. But I, for what I understand, though, Netflix does have a lot of anime. Is that right? Um, it's got a fair amount. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of them are like exclusive shows that they produce, so they're not things you 
know from other other uh, series. Okay. Yeah. You know, the like the only anime I really watched was like back in the '90s, so you know, not very relevant to anything today. All right, up next we've got uh, our good friend, and I always want to say this. I'm probably the total wrong way to say it, but I always say real Jeff Unstick, real Jeff Funstick. I'm sure it's probably real Jeff Unstick, but real Jeff Funstick <laughs> from Twitter ass. Uh, great to hear you get from you guys again. Well, thank you for caring. Um, still sub to the podcast on Apple, Apple Podcasts after a drought of uh, over a year of new episodes. Well, I understand, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. Uh, anyway, my question is, how do you feel about collecting now compared to when you first started doing the show? He's got two questions. We'll start with that one. Um, what do you think? It's been a while. How do you think, uh, how do you feel about it? What's changed? It's more crowded for sure. Oh my goodness, is it? The prices are a lot higher. Oh, yeah. And the bad thing now is if you've been in the game long enough, you remember when all the prices were good. Yeah. You're one of those guys who talks about filling up your gas tank for 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And everybody looks at you like, I hate you. You're a <laughs> jerk. I would have bought every copy of that back in the day if it was that cheap. No, you wouldn't because you didn't know it was going to yeah. be expensive someday. Yeah. not Well, I, some of them I, I thought were going up, but not to the level they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. I, and I think, I don't know. You can tell me. I think there was a wave of collecting. And it's starting to taper. Um, I think it is for. I think it does that for each system, and then I think they, it just gets picked up by a newer system. Because I think Ma- NES is pretty. People pretty who want stable. it have have done that. Super Nintendo sixty four, to a lesser extent, Genesis have kind of done that too. But like PS one's still going crazy. PS two's going crazy. Saturn's still going crazy. Like Saturn is going nuts. Yeah. So I, I think the wave's just moving through the generations of consoles. And maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, the time period of things that I am interested in is uh, maybe that wave is moving past that. Yeah, which is, which is nice for some consoles. It is, because, yeah, I, I want less people to be interested. <laughs> yeah, like we said before, right? I, I'm happy with that. If everybody else wants to sell off and the, and the prices tank cool was it yeah the prices and the competition suck having having more people in for sure but all the extra info and fines and and products and stuff that come out of it are pretty cool it is and you know when we started doing this there weren't things like these boutique systems like there are now right like you've got these analog nt and the mega sg and the super nt very interested in the polymega which i'm watching closely that should be coming out fairly soon yeah and i know you're really high on that and to me i'm like that's like the other machines i get they're like fpga based so they're trying to really just recreate the hardware whereas this polymega is just an emulator box and i figured you would be like the last person that would want an emulator box i just am so excited to have a box i can put on our family tv and i can just play like ko flying squadron or something when the urge strikes like just all the disc based stuff you never see emulation for so I, I, it's just handy to have a second way to play that on my nicer setup in the house yeah and i i guess you know i get it that one in particular doesn't uh, interest me but i mean again we're talking about you know when we started this stuff you just had original hardware yeah oh right? and and the polymega is 
going to have Light Gun on HDTV service, which is uh, really cool to me. You're itching to play some more... Some uh, Vampire Night. Some uh, more of those one stages in Bayou Billy, right? Oh, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Some gotcha is really what you're itching for. Classic game. <laughs> the sport. Um, yeah, I... You know, I think a lot has changed, and we've... I mean, I kind of wanted to talk about this anyway, so it's a good time to put it in here. What do you think about all of these re reissues of games? Because that wasn't a thing either, and now there's a lot of them, right? So many, yeah. And and a lot of them are authorized. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they'll go out, they'll get the so- license... Are you talking st- like stuff like um, like when uh, I'm blanking on the company right now? Uh, I think it's I am eight bit when they like re-released like the old Mega Man games, or they did like the uh, Data East collection and stuff like that. Or are you sure. talking more about like Mega Man Legacy collection and the SNK collection and stuff like that? Former, not so much the latter. Okay, so you're talking about like original hardware re-releases. Yes, um, or when like um, you know some of those games that got released that never came out of it they were famicom exclusives and okay we'll put them in an nes shell but we've licensed it so it's like holy diver right i I was just gonna bring it up i'm like they got me with that one i I, it was a game i was planning to import complete in box for the famicom and now i've got the licensed uh nes one yeah and so i mean how do you do you feel like those are really legit or do you just buy it because you can kind of tell yourself it's okay and it's in the form factor I want? Uh, probably more of the latter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would not say that those things are are adding to what would be considered a, a set for a system, right? No, but then there's, um, like, I just put in an order for Ultra Core for the, an actual Sega Genesis cart for it. Sure. Yeah, which... That one kind of feels like it fits, doesn't it? I don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing in the collecting circles. I mean, you're going to have plenty of people that just go, no. You know, sure. uh, it's it's set in stone, and this is the way it is, this, and it's this, not going to change. This has change. been the list for 20 years. You can't change it. But, exactly. But what's different other than the time frame? Uh, well, Sega is not officially manufacturing the cartridges i guess you could say right so there is some difference um but then like you got the unlicensed nes stuff like that a lot of people count that and that wasn't put out by nintendo i agree but it was within the life cycle of that system uh which could be debated a lot anyway because i mean as long as the consoles live why is that not within its life cycle maybe it's commercial life cycle i don't know they're still (laughs) making you know, they're getting ready to release all these mini consoles. Yeah. These things are not dead. I like those mini consoles. They're they're fun. I just bought the PlayStation one the other day because it was 20 bucks. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. I found mine for 30 I think. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's cheap enough. I'm in. I'm, um, You know, these ones, that come, the Turbo Graphics and the PC Engine Mini, I'm like, oh, I really would. Those look cool. They do. And I really want to get that Neo Geo Mini, too, that's like the arcade. Oh, those? yeah. Those are sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, does things have changed a lot in this hobby? I mean, obviously, I think there's some people that are just strictly looking to cash in. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I would say that the the mod scene has grown tremendously since we started this. I mean, like, have you seen just recently these? There's this kit now, the the GBA Consolizer. 
<laughs> no, I haven't seen yeah. that. Yeah, you can turn your GBA into like a legit hookup HDMI, hook a Super Nintendo controller, play it on your TV. That's hilarious. GBA games. Yeah, I mean, and uh, original hardware. So, yeah, that's it. There's all of these things that are coming about around the games and the systems, and people want to keep life in them and keep using them. And I love I that. I think it's fantastic. I love it, yeah. Yeah, I I think if anything it grows the hobby and i'm also kind of glad we're starting to move away from they're not gone but those like really cheap knockoff consoles yes yeah it's it's nice to have quality products because i i remember being really excited about the retron 5 and then yeah. my experiences with it were all negative not yeah i've i've got one and it still functions uh it, it does its job but um I wouldn't say it's exciting a lot of the times, you know? Yeah. But I'm very traditional. I I'm Typically, if I if it's anything older, I'm going to play it on a CRT. But I understand that's not what a lot of people want to do. Yeah, no, all my NES games are beaten on like a 13-inch CRT through the RF adapter. Like, it's not fancy, but it's fun. Oh, and it's what you, it's your nostalgia too, right? Yeah, it's definitely a dose of that there. So, you know... How is collecting now compared to when we first started doing the show? I think it's grown a lot, and it's grown in ways I would not have expected. No, like even like eBay is not a great place to get games anymore. You go on like a Facebook marketplace if you want to find the games you want locally for decent prices. Yeah, well, that's it. I don't do Craigslist anymore, but I sure scan Facebook Marketplace. It's the only thing I use Facebook for. I, I haven't picked up anything off Kijiji or Craigslist for years. Yeah, and, but and I, found I used to quite get a few so scores. many deals. Yeah, yeah, and now it's all on Facebook, and there the deals are out there. I've, yeah. you know, I'm running across them pretty regularly. But you've got to be Johnny on the spot because a lot of other people are looking too. Oh. But that's no different from how it used to be. Yeah, you got to be. Yeah, you'll be quicker than before. Yeah, everybody's got it in their pocket now. But I mean, again, I that's it. You've got to be vigilant. That's the way hunting games has always been, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, kind of maybe the techniques and the tech has changed a little bit, but I'm still glad so many people are excited. And um, Me too. Like when I used to work, I managed a video store years back, and most people wouldn't pay attention to anything that was more than a year old. Like it was just that movie doesn't exist with a few exceptions. Like you'd get like Star Wars and uh, Jaws and like very important movies would stick out. But you wouldn't get people who are like, I love movies from the 70s. I love movies, black and white movies. Like, that just wasn't a thing. And I don't feel that with gaming. Like, there's a lot more people that embrace the the older stuff to a point. Like, when you get back to pre-Atari stuff, like, it, it, it's pretty rough. You don't see a lot of enthusiasm for that. But everything from Atari onward, like, there's a pretty decent community of people that love it. Yeah, and um, a lot of people that are too young to have experienced it the first time around. I mean, like when you watch like uh, games done quick, these people are pretty young. They didn't grow up with a lot of these games, but they still <laughs> love them. And that makes me really happy. The games are older than the players. A lot of times are. Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts um, at the store was talking with people and we'd just be talking about like a franchise like Metroid and, and my references are Metroid and super Metroid. And it would just dawn on me halfway through the conversation. They were talking about like Metroid prime or other M or like <laughs> just because that's where their experience started with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's all it's all good, and a lot of people still want to go back and explore the old stuff. Totally. And this is the thing, and I guess I'll bring this up because you're not on Twitter, but yeah, and we've got a question coming up for her anyway in a little bit. But Pam, who does the uh, cannot be tamed, is her her YouTube channel. Yeah, um, and she does a lot of retro reviews, and she'll post these like just horribly nasty comments that people will leave, like. You are too young to know and to play this, and you really can't appreciate this because you weren't there, and just all this nasty bile. And again, it's like this gatekeeping like, this thing is mine, and you can't have it or understand it or share it. And I'm like, I don't know where that comes from. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm super excited when people yeah. are interested in things I'm interested in. Um, actually, to piggyback on that um i was listening to one of the ign podcasts i can't remember which one um but one of the guys just took a trip to japan and he was very excited he went to super potato to go um look for some specific games and when he posted it on twitter people were like tearing him apart that he wasn't like digging through flea markets and garage sales and stuff like ah you went to the game store that doesn't count what i don't understand that yeah, I'm like, what? that's where they sell them. Why would I not go there? Yeah, and like he was looking for obscure stuff. He wasn't looking for like the stuff you could find at a garage sale, typically the commons. Yeah, well, and I should mention this too. If you guys, if anybody out there is interesting, I've got a buddy. And he used to be on RF Generation. I don't remember if you remember Catch Five Bats. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah, from eons ago. But he's, he was local to here. And he lives in Japan now, has for a number of years. He's stays out there now but him and a buddy of his have started doing a video series it's called hard officers uh, (laughs) off of hard off the stores out there and it's just a video series where they're going into all of these japanese game stores and a lot of them are like off the beaten path ones and they're just kind of showing you in there and looking around and what they picked up and it's kind of a neat tour so if you don't get to be in in Japan and kind of see what that experience is, and they're not going... I mean, do they go on a super potato? Sure. But they're also going in a lot of these littler stores that are maybe a little more off the beaten path, and you get to check them out. So you know, if you like that kind of thing, you might want to check out their show. Uh, again, it's just Hard Officers. Um, they're, they're kind of fun little shows they've been doing. But yeah, I'm like, of course, I, I, I'm here. Don't get me wrong. Do you think I wake up every Saturday, first crack of dawn, and go hit every garage sale to get games? I stop by the game store here all the time. Yeah. I used to do the garage sale scene because we didn't have a game store here. I, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. where you had to go if you wanted to. Yeah. But these days, I don't have to. I can hop on Facebook Marketplace. I can watch for things or, you know, I can go to the store. And, you know, that's the whole thing is people are like, well, you know, you're going to pay more and da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, but... I also get a great place where those people that are in there love talking about games and we're friends and they'll help me find things. and It's great. Yeah. I'm like, why would I not want to take advantage of that? And you know you're going to walk away happy. You're not going to go to 20 garage sales in a row with nothing to show for it. Yeah. And I've been there enough times where they'll often be very nice and give me discounts. and Yeah. That's it. You get relationships with people. And I think, again, and I've said this in shows before, but I think I appreciate way more the relationships that this hobby has given me than the games themselves. Yeah, I was actually having a cool conversation with my son last week about that. Um, and he was asking, like, why Why do you have all these? And, like, you can't love all of these games. And I said, well, I have memories attached to certain ones that are related to certain people or a trip I've taken. or And it's just kind of cool to see this 
physical representation of this like life journey. Yeah, and it takes you to places that, you know, you would never have met people and you would never have the same friends and yeah. I you know, it's fantastic. I mean, even doing we've done this show for years and I've made a lot of great friends, not just you, um, but you know, yeah. like a lot of different places from doing this yeah. thing. Um so you know, that's compared to where we started the show, I would say my life is incredibly more rich because of everything we did in this show. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, and for those that don't know, they're listening at home. The big reason I want to do this show is so I can talk to Krabby. You guys can be just <laughs> listening in on that. Uh, I just enjoy my time talking with Krabby, and this gives us a good excuse to go ahead and do that too. Totally. So I, I'm not now that I don't have the store either. I don't get to talk games as much to people, so it, it's a nice outlet for me as well. There you go. You're not as saturated, I'm sure, right? Yeah. So I, it feels like it wells up inside me, and I need to spit something out every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> Uh, well, um, back to questions again, real Jeff Funsticky asks us uh, also, um, I've begun to do a purge and selling everything off and rebuilding, uh, by collecting complete in box of my favorites like Mario, Zelda and the Mega Man series. And I think he's just sharing that, but that's kind of similar to what Tom was talking about before. And I think if that's what you want to do and that's what you care more about, cool, man. Bravo. You yeah, know, I, I've actually been more focused like that too like there's only a couple castlevania games i still need that i want to get um there's Mega Man. i'm missing a bunch of handheld stuff i've been trying to get so instead of focusing for like every game boy game i can get i'm just gonna like hunt on those Mega Man ones are gonna be priority and i've been doing the same thing you know i as your collection swells there's less stuff you are interested in looking for and uh, so, like, for, for Genesis stuff, that's kind of what I've been looking for more is, okay, I want nice copies that are complete and <laughs> things I'm interested in. And yeah. At least um, Genesis is the worst. Yeah, well, I've had to make my own boxes in some cases to try to make up for that. And maybe eventually I'll be able to marry them back to a real box. But, um, you know, that's it, though. Like I said before, wherever this hobby takes you, man, that's the right way to do it. If you're having fun... Cool. Yeah, and I, I think series collecting is a ton of fun. I totally get the appeal there. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I've I've bitten off some of that too. <laughs> yeah. I've got I have a lot of copies of different versions of Dark Souls. Let's just say. That. <laughs> um, moving on, um, Stephen Eider. So at Stephen Eider from um, from Twitter, he asks, "Is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven the sequel to Johnny Mnemonic?" <laughs> We'll have to wait and see if the talking dolphin is the mastermind, and then we'll know for sure. Uh, for those that remember Johnny Mnemonic and the quality film it was, it was it was definitely The Matrix before The Matrix, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if I call it The Matrix, but it's kind of cyberpunky Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah, but in a weird, not as good. No, very campy, low budget. Yeah. Not not a polished like a like a Matrix or a Cyberpunk. I would I would really love if they would do an homage to that in the Cyberpunk game that's coming out though. I would uh, I totally dig that. Yeah, I could see them throwing in some lines in there um, to throw back to the movie. There you go. All of five of us would get them. But <laughs> uh, all right, we're moving on to Facebook questions. We're making our way through these pretty well. So Pam was mentioned Pam earlier. So again, if you guys want to check out her stuff. Um, her channel on YouTube is Cannot Be Tamed, um, and she does a variety of things. She Her stuff gets published on the front page of RF Generation, so you can find it 
there and, and in other places uh, as well. She is a, does a podcast of her own, Media Mavens, from time to time. That's not just games, but a variety of things. And Pam is great. Had the opportunity to you know meet up with her before and wonderful people. Mm-hmm. But she asked, what 2020 game are you most looking forward to? And now this one's easy for me. So I'm going to yeah. back up and say, okay, Krabby, 2020, what are you interested in? So I, I looked up a list of 2020 games to prep for this. Yeah. And there's not, it's pretty sparse for me. So I okay. actually kind of have to stretch this question because the two games I'm most looking forward to that aren't out yet don't have release dates. So I can't guarantee they're coming out next year. Okay. Well, let's, let's hear it. Um, so when the switch was announced, they put out their trailer reel and one of the games in there that really caught my attention was Shimigami Tensei five. So the assumption was it was going to come out in 2018 didn't come out. Then the assumption was it was going to come out in 2019. Definitely not coming out this year. And it's known to be a switch title. Yes. A switch exclusive and exclusive. Yeah. I think it is the first game they used with the unreal engine that Atlas is in-house developed with that engine. So it, might take them a little longer than some of their past games but I, i've played recently the both the devil summoner games on the ps2 through with a buddy yeah so i'm, I'm really pumped and primed for some more shin megami tensei right now so i'm hoping that comes out 2020 but i have a feeling it might be a 2021 release okay and you're a big atlas rpg fan anyway so oh, yeah oh yeah Okay. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. Um, Ghost of Tsushima for the PS4 is another one that I am hoping comes out next year that looks very up my alley. And Isn't I'm not... it strange that we haven't seen anything of that this year? It's been so quiet since they showed that last trailer footage, like 2018, I think. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like E3 2018. Yeah, they made a big deal there and then nothing. I wonder if it's hit like trouble. I wonder if they're just pushing it maybe ps5 like a, yeah like a four or five release at the same time like breath of the wild kind of thing it could be a launch ps5 title or something yeah. maybe that, that's my hunch which would be next year if that happens it would be hopefully yeah. yeah um but if those two don't count um i am looking forward to cyberpunk 77 which surprises me because i don't like shooters and i've never played a cd project red game that i've liked but this game looks very cool very up my alley I thought Cyberpunk was this year. Did it get pushed to next year? No, it's next year. I don't think it's ever been this year. Oh, okay. Well, I, yeah. I haven't followed it closely. I've never played a CD Projekt Red game either, so... Uh, no, oh, I've, well, I've played, I played like I haven't played any that I've liked. I played like a few minutes of Witcher 2, um, but I really did not like it. Yeah, me neither. But uh, this looks really cool. I'm, I'm a big sci-fi fan, so the setting um, really appeals to me a lot too, which, which is, uh, I think, a big part of it. Okay, okay. Well, mine's probably really easy. I'm going to bet you can even guess it. Oh, I got to think then. Oh, is it uh, the Elden... Elden Ring. There we go. Yeah, uh, it's very simple to guess my my likes. So, yes, next from Software Game with the backstory written by George R. R. Martin, which I don't care about because I've never seen Game of Thrones, but everybody says he's great, so that's fine. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, from is going to make a good combat engine, and they're doing it, from what I understand, more in the Dark Souls flavor with lots of different weapons and things and different ways to approach it, so that's all up my alley. So one of the things I've never had a problem with the Souls games is the story and the lore. I thought they're great. So having oh, yeah. a great writer come in to help it doesn't exactly 
elevate that part of it for me because it was already very good. Yeah, and from what I understand, he's just really coming in to write the backstory. And still a lot of the in-game lore stuff will still be Miyazaki. Right. So they're just going to kind of tag team some of this stuff and build off of each other. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones is, is quite good. Very, very great. We I was one of the ones watching every episode as it came out. Okay. Yeah, I know it's a lot of fans. I don't have HBO either. And, and like I've said, I don't watch a lot of TV, so... That, that's one we made an exception for. We we don't either. We literally subscribe to that service just to watch that one show. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's So did you only watch it for, like, for a little while and then cancel the subscription until the next year or something? Or uh, That was the plan, but then they announced they were doing a new season of Veronica Mars, and my wife and I are both big fans of that show. So we're like, oh, we'll keep it for a couple of months until Veronica Mars comes on, which it just did, so we got to catch up on that now. Okay. The only subscription service that we've got is the CBS one. And that's because there's like all the Star Trek stuff is on there. So <laughs> that's pretty important. I mean, uh, I don't watch a lot of Trek's pretty, you got to watch the Trek. So, and Picard's coming out soon. So that's yep. very, that's very exciting. And Data is back. I mean, when I saw that trailer, I'm like, Data is back. <laughs> that's like, I'm a kid. But yeah, Elden Ring for me. Um, uh, you know, and I love the way they always do that. They always just show you very little and they save so much to find out when the game hits and they don't spoil it. And I'm totally cool That's with that. Cool. That one's a wait and see for me. I've liked every Souls game I've played so far, but the the rumor is this one's going to be a lot more open worldy, which scares right. me. Right. Right. And you really should at least play three. I Yeah, at some point. Whatever. I got I to play Doom first. I still haven't played that yet. No, you don't. Trust me, no, you don't. I know Doom had a ton of fans. I know a lot of people really loved it. That's cool. I really did not. So I don't know that I, I love it. I just kind of want to play it for its like historical value. Get some perspective. Yeah, you're on. talking about new Doom though, not like oh no. Doom. I'm talking about like '94, '95 Doom. Oh yeah, because the other day when we were talking, get this people that are listening to this yeah so we're talking about doom because the whole like bethesda pulled the one the 360 version and the other ones when the re-releases came out so i'm I was kind of mad about that because i bought the old one like 360 it worked fine on xbox one so we were talking about that and Krabby says i've never played doom and i'm thinking like what like 2016 doom or whatever it was a few years ago and i'm like oh well you know and then yeah no i find out it's like doom doom <laughs> And I'm like, dude, were you not alive in the 90s? We got a 486 in like 2000. Like, I was so far behind on PCs. Dude, you can play Doom on Super Nintendo. Yeah, but nobody I knew had that back then. Come on, man. Doom was everywhere. No, I don't know. Not up where I was living, apparently. Doom 64? Yeah, never. I don't even remember seeing that like at the rental place. Like, dude, I bought Doom sixty four. Oh, it was good, was it? Doom sixty four is good, man. Um, but yeah, I. I so I'll add that to my list to play before Elden Ring. <laughs> Doom sixty four. It's written in now. Can't change it. It's not a bad uh, <laughs> no. Put Dark Souls three up on your list somewhere. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's a good question, Pam. So thanks for sending that yeah. in. Uh, Michael Wimpy, oh, I, I'm got to be our good old Wimpster. Yep, that's him. Do you own a Nintendo Switch? And if so, how often do you play on the toilet? <laughs> I think we both own a Switch, right? We we do both own a Switch. I've never taken mine to the bathroom. 
I can say the same. I That's gross. <laughs> that's how I feel. I have less respect for my phone or a book, so I will take those to the bathroom if I want some entertainment. I don't want to take my video game products in there. No, and my kids play on the Switch. I wouldn't take it with <laughs> me in the toilet. You know, that's you can't disinfect that thing very well. Even though I should disinfect it after they play with it. I mean, it's my kids. Maybe that's why so many people are getting Joy-Con drift. It's just uh, (laughs) feces have leaked into the analog stick. (laughs) And now Nintendo is forced to pay (laughs) for free. And they're just like, oh my god. Why did we make this thing portable? (laughs) The next console will be more Wii U style where you can only take it within a few feet of your TV. There was a reason they did that, right? So you wouldn't take it in the bathroom. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to guess a lot of people probably do. Yeah, being wouldn't portable. surprise me. But what, you, your butt goes numb after a little bit. So, you know, maybe it's not. You don't want to spend too much time in there. Um, and I have a family. We have two bathrooms, but if I tried to stay in there too long, it'd be a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> but obviously, you have a Switch. You were a really... Did you get yours on launch or you're pretty I close, did, right? I did, yeah. First day, my... I, took my son out of school and we stood in line to get it and then we went home and played zelda for like 10 hours straight dude you're crazy it's so much fun you're doing it right yeah um his teacher was the best that year because we also pulled him out of school to watch uh, force awakens <laughs> and he's like awesome great do it he's i'm like he's we're keeping him up till like midnight to go to the show and he's like so we won't be in school tomorrow he's like that's fine have him write a report yeah oh yeah that's good so um I just we just got our switch earlier this year, um, and my kids can't put it down. So uh, I don't get much time at all. I remember I told you I started um, Octopath, right? Yeah, I've never got anywhere because my kids are always on the switch. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got to get back in. That is one of my favorite role playing games. It's so I, good. I, I want to get. That. I got like through like one person's story, and like okay, I'm going to go leave to get another person. That's as far as I could ever get because they're always on it. I mean, my kids have beaten Mario Odyssey like five times. That's a good Mario Odyssey. It's so yeah. good. And uh, and now they, you know, my Maddie got um, Mario Maker two oh. for her birthday, so now that's the thing that never leaves the system. I, I want that one very badly right now as well. I don't have that one yet. My son played a lot of it when we got we got it. He played Splatoon 2 quite a bit. Uh, then Smash Bros. took over for a little while, and then Fortnite took over for a little while. Um, but he hasn't played it much lately, so I've been able to steal it back. And like I played Hollow Knight through on, on the Switch uh, very recently. Okay. Yeah, see, I... Um... Yeah, luckily I could play that on Xbox. But that's the good thing, I guess, for me. Even like, I will take that's even the thing with the Wii U... Um, even though you can totally play it on the TV without any issue, um, like Maddie still wants to play Breath of the Wild just on the tablet. She doesn't care about the TV at all. Yeah. Um, so which is great. It means I can use it for something else. <laughs> but, um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, we we both have switches. Um, I'm like, I'm like I was with Wii U, a little later adopter on that one. Um, Thomas Blaine asks, what's been new in your lives and collection updates? And he also asks, uh, he believes that Game Quest was sold in the past. Is that correct? So what's the status on the store now? So general, we've been doing a little bit of general life updates, but also a chance to do collection updates. And, uh, and do you want to start by maybe telling us about the store saga? Sure. Yeah. So 
Without getting too detailed, um, last year I ended up selling the store in August. The year prior to that, I was having a lot of mental health issues, um, and I just couldn't do both jobs and, and the family and everything, and so something had to go. So it's a pretty easy decision with, with everything that we had that the store was the thing that had to go. So we were in a, like the best position you want to be in when you're selling a store, when you've got lots of lots of people interested and so we got to like literally interview people and pick our favorites which was was pretty cool situation to be in um and then a late person who put in a, an offer was a, a friend of mine that I, I met through other friends through the store um, and he runs a little computer company in town where he would like build custom pcs and he had like a workshop in his home where he could do like all the water cooling and custom paint jobs and stuff like that. Um, and he also does tech service around around town for different companies. So his plan was to integrate that business into the store. So he wanted to add the computer stuff, which was a big blind spot for me. Um, as well as, he, like I've, I've met with him many, many times since we've sold the store. We just get together and hang out and watch a movie or something once in a while. And he's very concerned, with, and I keep telling him not to be. I'm like, it's yours, do what you want with it. I, yeah, you have my blessing, but he, he's very concerned that he wants to continue the the feel and the legacy that we started there, that it's friendly and approachable and affordable and all that kind of stuff. So he's always updating me and, and keeping me up to date. And they had their, um, uh, like a couple of weeks early, they did like a year um, that they've owned it um, kind of celebration just recently. So we went down there and, and uh, spent some time with them. And, and some of the old staff I still hang out with, our, our kids play together, we get together and, and they keep me informed of everything because I only get to stop in like once every month or two now. But it's great. I, I have no regrets selling it. I'm very happy with the people we chose still a year later. Um, when I, I run into customers that I used to talk to um, when I'm at the grocery store or the mall or something and, and I'll ask them what they think and it's still all positive feedback. So I, I couldn't be happier with how, how things went there. It just got too much for me after a while to do a full-time job, another full-time job, and, and the family on top of that. Yeah, I mean, for those of who have listened to the show before, you'll remember even on the show I would say, Krabby, you're like working 15 jobs, and I was kind of concerned about your mental health <laughs> and not sleeping a whole lot, and I'm glad to see that balance, right? Balance. Yeah, it, and it, I had no issue doing that for about three years. I took a parental leave when my daughter was born and I could not transition back into what I was doing before after I tried to come off that parental leave. It just wasn't, wasn't working as much as I tried to make it work. Yeah. And, and your health too, cause you can't exercise much when you're doing that. Yeah, mm. no, I, I usually exercise every day and I put on a lot of extra weight. I was not sleeping well. I was I'm normally fairly introverted, but I was like way beyond an extent I've ever been in my life where I just had no desire to hang out with anybody or talk to people. The things I used to love doing, like listening to music, playing games, reading comics, watching movies, didn't want to do anything. I was just in a big funk for, for almost a year. Yeah. So happy to say I'm out of that. I love all of those things again. It's just as much or more than I used to. And, and um, yeah, I'm... No regrets with, with the decision we made. I'm, I'm happy with what we did with the store. I think we, we built something really cool that I'm, I'm proud of, and um, happy it's in good hands. 
Yeah, and I'm really happy for you too, mostly because I want my friend to be happy and healthy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I did have my concerns about you, you know, because you worry. It's like, okay, man, that's a lot to put on a human being. Um, and I'm glad that things, you know, went well. And I think the good thing behind it is the thing you always have to mention is, you know, depression is a very real thing and it needs to be dealt with, yeah. you know, it's, um, you can't sweep that stuff under the rug or pretend it's not there. And, uh, I think everybody goes through that in their life and you can get through it, but you need, you need help sometimes it's or you so need to change things. It's so hard to make good decisions and you know, you're making bad decisions when you're making them. They just, yeah. you don't have the energy to fight it though. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think everybody have, has been there, and I'm sure all of our listeners have gone through it as well. And um, I would just say... It was new for me. It helped. Yeah. yeah, okay. But everybody everybody does it, right? So yeah. Yeah. it's nothing wrong with you. It's very normal. Just get the help that you need, and, and you, can, you can pull through it. So um, I'm glad everything is on the right path for you, and... And uh, so getting back to gaming a little bit, though, like collection updates, a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. We've said a little bit, but anything else you want to talk about? Or um, I was up to about 7,000 pieces of software, unique software in my collection. I, Like I said, um, I pulled back on N64, Wii U, and GameCube specifically so far. So I'm, I'm down to more like 600 and 6,500 to 6,600 in that range. Um, and I, I see myself probably dropping down even just like an even 6,000 just focusing like other people have said on, on more specific areas, um, like different series or just games that I've missed out on or just really unique pieces that I wanted for a long time. So there, there's some saving like right now, um, a great member over at RF generation's name is Tinstar. He has had full collections of every Sega system. And he's been slowly parting with them. So a couple of years ago, I bought a massive Sega CD lot off him that gave me every single Sega CD game that I possibly wanted. And he's recently doing the same for me with uh, some 32X and Master System games. So I've been slowly paying him off over the last uh, couple of months. And then I'll have this uh, pretty awesome Sega lot coming in the mail soon. Very cool. Yeah, I'm ready for him to start coughing up some Genesis titles. Uh, you wouldn't have to poke him very hard at this point, I'm sure. Just uh, give them a few nudges. I can't afford probably some of the crazy ones, but there's still a few that I would like to get nice copies of. That's oh, for sure. All of his stuff is very nice, I'll say, too. Even some of the Sega CD games, he's like, I only have this sealed. And I'm like, I can't pay for sealed. He's like, just pay me a complete box, like mint copy price then. Yeah, Tinstar's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy to deal with. Very, very fair fella. Um, you know, on my end, I, you know... I, it's not crazy. I think I've been, I think probably there's 2,600 software titles maybe in my library. And that's probably grown some, but I wouldn't say crazy. Um, you know, I've, in terms of focus, I've spent more time probably in the last few years dabbling a little bit more in like some retro computing. So I've, you know, picked up... <clears throat> Some very classic style, just like Apple IIe setup, and 
I went through and revamped and redid some work on the Commodore 64 setup, and I recently picked up a, an old TRS-80 Model 3, and and those I've been doing because it's pretty cheap, number one. And um, I've also been spending a lot of time and growing my skills in kind of refurbishment, repair, doing some simple mods and learning some more of that. So... Um, trying to brush up on that. Uh, so you're uh, gonna consoleize like a Wonder Swan soon or something? <laughs> no, I, more of like um, more of like a lot of these older systems or computers and things. You know, um, you need to troubleshoot or fix, which is nice because you can save some money. Um, but a lot of them, you know, some normal parts that are going to wear out over time, like a lot of capacitor, electrolytic capacitors and things. They're just they're way beyond spec these days. So um, doing cap kits and um, you know some really simple stuff. Like I recently did an RGB mod on um, my PC engine setup, uh, which because I have the CD setup, so um, I did that. And I just I like that hands on. I really like hardware, and so it's kind of fun to tinker with that stuff. Um, as far as picking up games, I still do. It's a little more selective than it used to be. That uh, I, I still keep tinkering from time to time with thinking I really probably ought to cut down on disc-based games. I, I like cart-based games more, but uh, except for maybe Saturn. I really like Saturn. Yeah, I've actually feeling the same way. I've, and I, I've been getting a little crazy with PS2 because it's so cheap and there's so many weird, bizarre games in there that... Um, I'm getting close to like 1,100 PS2 games, I think, right now. Wow, yeah. Yeah. But but typically, I would totally agree with you, like cartridge all the way, but Saturn's this weird console that feels special somehow, even though it's early disc. Yeah, and I think it's because it has so many great 2D titles. Yeah. It just feels like a super version of what came before it. So, um yeah, you know, I, I'm and I really, I don't know, it's weird. I just kind of, I, I, I was one of those crazy people that bought a Saturn on the U.S. launch, the surprise <laughs> launch, and I love the long box plastic cases, yeah, and they, they I don't pretty know. Pretty great. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that system. You know, PlayStation. You know, I like some of the games. I, I don't feel the same way about PlayStation. You got um, You got to go to PlayStation for your role playing games. You, I don't know, Sega's just got the, the weird, quirky, arcadey stuff that's just, uh, I don't know, nobody else really had. Yeah, yeah, definitely different sides of that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I the repair and refurbishment stuff, I've been trying to get more into that because, A, you know, you kind of have to with some of the yeah. age of some of this stuff. You don't really have a lot of choices these days unless you're going to pay somebody else to do it. It's a lot easier just to train myself on those skills than it is to shell out the money. Yep. Um, and I enjoy it. I mean, it's kind of a nice, it's like gaming. It's, I have a problem to solve and it's, I, it's hands on. And, uh, I've got a few cap kits that I've got to get installed in some systems and an old, uh, Nintendo red tent that I've been meaning to fix up for quite a while. I've got to oh, re- yeah. rebuild, uh, the speakers and the monitor and the control panels on it. Yeah, and that's just like they're fun little projects, right? And it's like I don't know when you fix something around the house, you just feel good. So if you can get yeah. that feeling doing something else, yeah, it's just a proud moment. And you get to bring two of your hobbies t- together to some degree, right? So yeah. it's kind of fun. I like learning about electronics. I'm always one of those people. I always like to learn new things, 
and so I can learn about the hardware side of this. And, uh, and you know, I thought, well, maybe at some point in time, maybe I'll teach myself about, like, um, producing some reproductions, not to sell, but just maybe f- more to, for me just to goof off with. And, um, like, with the cards, I'd really just like to know how to make them right. just for fun. You just want to hack Ronnie James Dio into Holy Diver? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> But, you know, it's more things like translations and things, you know, for Japanese. And just like, it'd be cool to have a card of it. And, you know, that's all there is to it. Gotcha. So, yeah, I might say, you know, it's kind of where things have taken me with the collection. I've I've not really downsized too much, even though I still think from time to time I should. So, I don't know. If somebody made me said, oh, man, I really need some of these PlayStation 2 titles or something, I think I'd be like, yeah, okay. You know, Did you sure. specifically direct that comment at me? I don't know. Hey, do you want some? Are you I interested prob- in some probably do. I, there's even weird sports games I want on it. There you go. The one thing I keep, th- the one probably last piece of hardware that's really on my bucket list would be an AES. Uh, I would really like to own an AES at some point in time. But the way I feel about hardware like that is I would have to know who it's coming from. Yeah. that I was them. I felt the same way when I got mine, and I got it from a very well respected member at RF Generation complete in box for a great price and a little bundle of games to start me off. I don't know if I would have got one otherwise. And I'm, I'm very happy I got it when I did because the prices have never been great. There's never been a good time to buy an no. AS even when they were new. Um, no. So I, I feel like I got in at a fairly good moment though. Yeah. And I would be totally fine with buying some cheap carts and then probably a flash cart. Um, I'm fine with that. I like playing on original hardware. Have you looked into consoleized MVSs? <sighs> yeah, but there's this stupid thing from my head that just remembers <laughs> the AES from that time right. and like how untouchable that was. And so owning one is almost just like, again, it's like a bucket list thing just to go, yeah, something, nope. this was impossible I get it. for me I get, back in the day. That, that's one of the reasons I bought mine because I remember seeing all the GamePro ads and then never seeing one in a store ever. Yeah. Like, where are these? These things look amazing. Why exactly. can't I find one? Yeah, I never would say. And, you know, and people will say, well, how will you just get a Neo Geo CD? And I'm like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> it's just, it isn't. Um, so, you know... I don't know what that is. So hopefully someday, maybe I'll sell a bunch of stuff and buy an AES or I don't know. I probably have to, again, find the right person that's looking to unload first. But, They're um, like, we, I know we mentioned like Facebook marketplaces already, but I've been part of a Facebook uh, Neo Geo group for quite a while. And yeah. it is the most positive gaming group I've ever been in. It is just people talking about the things they love constantly. I've never seen anybody put anyone down for loving some stupid like, old Neo Geo fighting game like he's just like look what I'm playing this weekend Fatal Fury and everyone's like oh yeah yeah because they're all like man yes we all spent this kind of money yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but you know again it's I think you know I think about that but I also think like well how much does a PlayStation 5 gonna cost you know what I mean probably about the same as an AES at this point right you know what I mean anyway yeah so it's like why Parts of me goes like, oh, it's kind of silly. But parts of me goes like, well, no, I see these new consoles that are coming. I'm going to shell out that kind of money for them. So yeah, and the new one's just going to get cheaper over time. The AES is going to sit at the same for quite a while. 
You got it. You got it. So maybe if a listener out there is really looking to part with an AES, it's in nice shape. And... Now, would you settle for a Japanese BIOS because they're a little bit cheaper, or would you go for a North American system BIOS? I think I'd be okay because you can always put a unit BIOS in it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, would I prefer to have a, a, a North American one? I would, but would I turn down? So I'd like, Chris, I've got this Japanese one, and I knew them, and... I trusted them, and it was a deal that worked. I think I'd be fine with it. All right. Um, just, again, it's just that idea of this giant, awesome console that plays arcade games that lives in my house. You know what I mean? The, the only downside is get a controller extension. Oh, yeah. Well, that's easy. Yeah. I already have some for Famicom that uses the same pinout, so it's fine. Um. Yeah, the only other stupid thing I've thought about is maybe one day buying a Super Graphics, but I'm just going to skip past that right now. <laughs> for, so. what, weren't there only like five games for that? <laughs> it's like eight, I think. Jeez. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a I, silly someday I, maybe. I had to talk myself out of a Jaguar CD for the same reason, because typically I'm like, if I can find one game I really, really want, or three that I kind of want, that's all I need to get a console. I could, not, like I could not CD. meet either of those rules on the Jaguar <laughs> CD. So. There's nothing. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. You bought my CDI. I did, but there was some unique stuff on there that I want to play. Okay. Um, Wand I, of Gamelon. Yeah. I think CDI is a greater console than the Jaguar CD. You're not wrong. But uh, then again, my toaster is probably a greater console than the Jaguar CD. <laughs> yeah. And you don't mean your NES toaster. <laughs> I do not. I do not. You can probably play Doom on your toaster these days. I, just about. Uh, just about. Um, well, coming back to Thomas Blaine, he's got another question, which I think is pretty appropriate. And he says, is Retro World coming around for a third year? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I, I know you're not planning to come. I am optional. I would like to go, but there's some things going on with my life that may preclude me from doing that. But I know Bill will be there, and a lot of the other RF Gen guys will be there, right? Yeah, I think there's a little crew of them going again. So, yeah, I, we'll definitely I, people to hang out with. I would like to return eventually, yeah, but this year's definitely not in the cards. Yeah, I know Pam, as we mentioned Pam earlier, Pam and Will are going to be there. Will was, keeps bugging me to go, and I'm like, dude, if I can go, I will. But these things that are going on are beyond my control, so I just have to play the cards as they come up. Um, if not, though, I definitely would like to go next year, and definitely if Krabby can work out going at some point in time, I'll, I'll do the road trip again, because it's tons yeah, of fun. That's that's my favorite part, is coming into your place and driving to um, Connecticut from Indiana. It's always super fun. I agree. And you're hitting every, all these stores on the way, and, and you find these weird hole-in-the-wall, like yeah. the vacu- vacuum game store. <laughs> that was, yeah, there were some really neat places we stopped, some cool people we chatted up, lots of cool items. You know, It was. Weird conversations at 3 in the morning while we're driving to keep each other awake. <laughs> like It's fun. It is. It's some great man time to just be away. And even though with your son, though, you know, like last time we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, he likes coming, too. He still talks about it every once in a while. Yeah, and I think Maddie's getting the age. Maybe I could get her interested, too. Maybe they could keep each other busy. That um, trip we took to the Nintendo store was a big highlight for me, too. That was so much fun. That was really great fun. And, uh, yeah, because we found, like, that book off and everything. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah. weird uh, Japanese noodle house we went to. Like, that, oh, that was, that was just a fun was day. so good. Yeah. 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 That was lovely. See, that, that's the thing. We've got to do that again. Um, obviously, once life allows. <laughs> 
because I know for you that's going to be an extremely expensive trip. To yeah, take, so. fl- flights from Southern BC are fine, but where I'm at, they're brutal. Yeah, I have no doubt. Um, but maybe I, I, one of these days, I would like to make maybe make my way up your direction and see the site sometime. You will always have a place to stay if you want. Well, you're the only house in town, right? <laughs> one of one of three. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up. We have one last question, and that is from and I don't recognize his name, so maybe he's uh, listened before, maybe he's new. Um, but Eric Cahoon, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He asks, "How do you stay passionate about the hobby with life pulling in multiple directions?" I think that's a wonderful question, Trevor. What do you do to stay passionate about things? Um. I had a real problem with that before we sold the store. And yeah. I, I think the the break from the things I liked might have helped in the long run. But um, I think it's just finding different aspects of it if, if one part's uh, not appealing to you anymore. Um, like you mentioned watching like some Twitch stuff instead of sitting down might be a little more relaxing for some people. Um, I love looking through art books and strategy guides sometimes and old old gaming magazines um, these kind of conversations with friends, uh, like I'll have a buddy over and we'll just talk about Marvel movies for a while. And then we'll talk about like the best Castlevania games. And we'll have a big <laughs> argument about it. it, it yeah. There's like tons of different ways you can appreciate the hobby, even just like making wish lists and curating your collection. Um, there's tons of ways that I find joy out of it. Yeah. That's what is great about this hobby is there's a lot of things you could, you could play the games, you can, you know, I spend as much time sometimes just kind of like when you get new games, you clean them up, make them look nice yeah. and test them out. And I like just walking into my game room sometime and just soaking it in and I'll just like finger things through the shelves and pull a game out and pop the manual out and just just enjoy some time in there and, and, and reminisce. Yeah. And it kind of puts you back in a place of like this dream childhood thing, right? Where it's like this is what you always thought of. Um, and you're like I can do this now Um, you know some people buy fancy cars and I don't and I do this you know I probably spend a lot less than a fancy car (laughs) (laughs) some of us maybe not so much but uh, um, you know I don't know if I have a lot of trouble there are times when I do I'm like I kind of I'm like I don't feel like playing things right now or I don't feel like going out and hunting around for things. But usually, like you say, it's, I take a break from that, do something else. Um, that's why I've said I've learned to like work on the electronic side of things, and that's been like something new I could go and explore. Um, but, you know, that's it. It's There's a lot of pieces to this hobby, and I think, yeah, just do the parts that you like, and there's no magic formula. There's nobody that says you have to do this to be a gamer, or this is the... I mean, there's people that do say it, but <laughs> they're wrong, right? There's no magic formula. There's no true gamer, and only yeah. you have to do it this way. And oh, Just forget all that, man. You know, Have fun. If you're, if you're not having fun with games, take a break for a while. They'll yeah. come back. This year, I've been so happy playing games. I've just been really invigorated uh, i've played every playcast game this year so far to completion i've beaten tons and tons of nes games i've been challenging myself to try and beat 100 over 100 days in the last little while and i'm about halfway there at the moment um i've got a friend i meet with every saturday morning and we just play japanese role-playing games together 
Um, that was the guy who played the Devil Summoners with I mentioned earlier. We're working on Mega Man X Command Mission right now. Interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found a few different ways. And then um, when I'm at home, like I'll plop in something handheld sometimes and just play in bed. Yeah, and I would say, you know, Eric, if you're... You know, if you're so inclined, like what we were talking about there, like we have those group play togethers uh, on the side. So there's shooters, if you like that. Um, uh, one a month, there's the playcast guys that do, they they hit Every all genre. kinds of different yeah. genres in theirs. So um, in the last few months, they've done Mario, Twisted Metal, and Limbo and Inside, like as, as the three, oh, and Detroit as the past few months, like all over the place for genres. Yeah, and some people play every single one every month, and uh, I, you know, like me, I kind of just the ones that sound interesting to me, I pick up, and I play my other stuff the rest of the time, and there's no right or wrong way. Everybody's really happy to have you on board. I've been having a lot of fun with the the shoot, uh, you know, the shmup club, um, because I really like those games because they most of the time don't take a lot of time, very pick up and put down. I can squeeze in a game, I can spend 20 minutes and I'm done. Um so yeah, I would say, you know, find other people that you can connect with. And it's like a lot of my friends I've met through gaming. Yeah, this is what brings you together in the first place. But after a while, you're talking about everything else too, right? Yeah. I mean, you're just, they're your people. So you get to know each other and be friends and then you got something else to go do. That's for totally. sure. Yeah. Yeah. If like, if gaming is just not a passion of yours anymore, just look around. I'm sure you'll find something else that can be. Absolutely. And, uh, that's really cool. Thanks for everybody uh, for sending in all those questions. Um, I'm flattered, to be quite honest, that uh, after a couple years that people are still this excited to chat with us and to listen to us chat. Um, seriously, that, that I think that means quite a lot to me personally. I appreciate it very much as well. been at this for almost two hours do you think we should just put a the kibosh on this and call it an episode probably okay well, well let's wrap this thing up shall we now now normally for those of us listening for and we'll probably get back more towards this format normally we have a q a and then we get into a particular topic each episode but this one being again kind of a reintroduction of sorts and kind of taking this back up we wanted to just spend more time even in the question section, just talking about where we've been, what we've been up to, and getting kind of back up to speed with everybody. So in the future, again, we'll be getting back to topics, even though, again, the Q&A stuff isn't going to go away. Uh, those of us listened to our show before know sometimes we can, they're not exactly what I would call short shows. <laughs> but two hours, I think you know, we've done pretty well with this one. Uh, but Krabby, let's see if you can remember, where can people find us? Podcast Pickle. 
<laughs> they could <laughs> years ago they could find us on podcast pickle no unfortunately it's gone oh that's a shame do you remember the other places uh rf generation rfgeneration.com definitely uh collectorcast.com also will point you to our show feed page on rfgeneration.com where else i think we're on facebook we are on Facebook. You're very good at answering on Facebook. I noticed you did that a little bit of follow-up uh, today. <laughs> I think I was a week after the comment, but I did get back to the person. You did. Very good. Yeah. Um, we're on you Twitter. Can, you can tweet at Duke. You can, uh, at CollectorCast. That's me, because I tried. Krabby created a Twitter account, and I think used it for like a day. I don't get why people like it. Because you can talk to people that share your your interests. Why would you not like it? But in such a format that you can't always say what you want to say. Why can't you? Because you have a character limit. It's longer now. But it's still a limit. What if I want to say a lot of things? Then you tweet multiple times. People do it all the time. Yeah, one forum post is good enough. <laughs> okay, so for those folks, though, they can go to rfgeneration.com. They can read Krabby's thoughts on a wide variety of things. Where can people find the show? Are we on YouTube still? Well, did, I, did I say that already? <laughs> we, the old shows are on YouTube, and since you're editing now, if you want to give it to me when you're done, I can put it on YouTube. Yes? Deal. You can just Google or search for CollectorCast. Yeah. Um, iTunes. You can find us. We're still there. Well, I guess it's Apple Podcasts now. They've changed it. But it's still the same thing. If you had it before, you still have it. Uh, the Google Play Store, unless they've kicked us off. I haven't checked recently, but we were on the Google <laughs> Play Store. Uh, Stitcher. I think Stitcher's still a thing. So, Is it? I think so. And then the way of the pickle? I don't think so. And then I'll probably have to look at some of these things now that we're doing this again. Maybe I need to try to look and see if something like Spotify is accepts podcasts. I don't know. If you know, you can tell us. But... Uh, We'll see what, if there's some place that you would like us to be that we're not currently, let me know and I'll look into it. You can send me a tweet. How about that? All right. Well, thanks everybody very much for taking the time to spend with us again and we will catch you soon.